BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. Sometimes I try to put myself in the shoes of a scientist like an archaeologist and imagine how many random emails, calls, maybe back in the day letters that you would have gotten from people saying, come see this amazing thing in my backyard or come see this, whoa, what I found in our town. Now, maybe I'm overly dramatic about it, but I figure that for the most part, you hear these requests and you think, "Mm, sure, maybe, because, you know, for the most part, they don't turn out to be anything. But of course, every once in a while, one of those turns out to be amazing. I take you now to the town of Huaracondo in Chile, where locals say that they had found some dinosaur footprints, or what look like dinosaur footprints. I mean, you know, encased in the rock. If you look at it, it's a little three or four padded kind of impression. It's fairly large. And so the Huaracondans had documented this, and they had sent a request, basically, to the Geology School of the Universidad Mayor in Santiago to come and investigate. And when the paleontologists came in late May, they found a footprint and another footprint and another and another and another and another. A thousand dinosaur footprints, everything from newborn to juvenile to adult sauropods. That's the quadrupeds, uh, four footed ones like the diplodocus and also from theropods, a broad group of bipedal. That's two feet dinosaurs, including Tyrannosaurus rex. I mean, I know he's technically got forearms, but the little tiny ones don't do much, right? You've seen the pictures. And of course, the perhaps now most famous dinosaurs of all, velociraptors. They found these thousand footprints over an area 11 and a half square miles large, with some of them, they estimate, being as old as 150 million years, which would put it, yes, in the late Jurassic period, the only period that anybody knows, because it's the only one that a movie franchise is based on. And that's okay. Knowing one is better than knowing none, right? The footprints ranged in size from 30 to 40 inches long, so three, three and a half feet. You're figuring dinosaurs that were 40 feet in length. It's just absolutely unprecedented. The lead geologist, Christian Salazar, said that in 10 days they found more than a thousand. We know there's a huge potential. They obviously don't believe they found everything in the region, but it's interesting not just because you have the shape of the feet preserved in the rock, but with so many footprints, you can start to look at patterns of movement and behavior. And of course, you also have lots of geological information given the conditions that would have been necessary for footprints to be preserved like this, which typically footprints are not preserved. You walk, you leave an impression, the rain comes and it wipes it away. And based on what they've found so far, it's entirely possible that they'll be able to discover all sorts of information about these dinosaur groups, including things like hunting patterns or migratory patterns or whether the juveniles would all get together, sneak off into the woods to smoke some of their parents' cigarettes. You know, there's lots of things to discover. As you know, we are several months now into the illegal invasion of Ukraine by Russia, and sadly, it looks for all the world like Russia is going to at least be able to carve off several major portions of the eastern part of the country. As a result of that invasion, countries and companies around the world have boycotted, pulled out, and withdrawn their products from Russia. 
This includes video game platforms. In March, Nintendo announced that it would suspend all exports to Russia, joining international companies that vowed to leave the country right after the invasion. Sony Interactive suspended operations of the PlayStation Store and the launch of Gran Turismo 7 in Russia. EA Electronic Arts did the same thing. Microsoft announced a halt to all sales of products and services, including Xbox. And Rockstar Games' parent company, Take-Two, said that it would stop selling and allowing installations of its games in Russia and Belarus right ahead of the release of Grand Theft Auto 5 on Xbox Series XJS and PlayStation 5. Well, now four months later, Russia is wondering, worrying about the effect on its people of being deprived of all these video games. You know, if the people don't have cake, they might read the, well, newspapers, I guess, wouldn't solve the problem, but they might pay attention more and take matters into their hands, theoretically, so you want them to have video games. It is my theory, not the official reporting. And so Russia is looking to actually create a platform of some kind and produce its own video games. The Russian state-backed technology and industrial production conglomerate Rostec is looking to develop its own game engine, which then developers could use to build a framework for video games and then develop things out of this. And apparently there are at least some people in the government that are interested in this because not just for the sake of entertaining the Russian citizens, but as a way of developing other technologies such as virtual reality, training and simulation. And now that that niche in Russia has been vacated by the withdrawal of all those services, they think that they can create what Commerçant reported as a technological sovereignty and unite various fields, including education and cinema. Great. So we pulled video games out of Russia. Now they can build better forms of propaganda for their citizens across the age spectrum. Well, that's not really a surprise. It does make you wonder how long Russia expects the video game boycott to continue, perhaps indefinitely, because the timeline involved in developing something like this from scratch is enormous. We're not talking about several weeks. And although I think it's easy to sort of write this off and make jokes about how, well, what would the Russian version of real video gaming look like? The Russians create a lot of video games, and of course they are very advanced in cyber, so it's not like they have nothing that they could draw on in order to develop this project. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And finally, from the, you know, they're actors and not actually experts in the things that they portray right file. I take you to Brad Pitt and the premiere of Bullet Train. 58-year-old superstar shows up in sneakers and sunglasses and a suit and goes across the red carpet and takes photos with all of the other stars. And he's talked about how he's entering the last phases of his acting career and is being very picky about the roles that he chooses. And in this particular case, it's basically an action flick, right? He's an assassin who's hanging up his guns and he finds himself on this train and he gets talked into taking a job where he goes after a briefcase, at which point he discovers that there's all these other assassins on the train, hijinks ensue. That's not what's interesting about this story. What's interesting about the story is that part of the red carpet photo session had Brad Pitt sort of fake throwing kicks at the photographers in order to catch what someone might very generously call an action pose. Now, I will tell you, I have watched probably every Brad Pitt movie there is. I confess he's one of my favorite actors. And now that I have seen him practice a karate kick sort of halfway at photographers, I'll never be able to watch him do an action scene seriously again. This was awkward. I mean bad awkward. Like, 
I wish it hadn't happened, Awkward. You can't unsee it, but you sure do wish you could. But I suppose maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way. What I should say is that Brad Pitt is clearly, in real life, not particularly skilled at the martial arts, but he's really good at acting like somebody who is. See, I guess it's not really all that hard to be good at throwing a sidekick. You know what's hard is to be really bad at throwing a sidekick, but to be able to act like somebody who's good at it. That's a skill. So see, it winds up being an endorsement of his acting skill after all. I knew I'd find a way to turn it around. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. Hit the five-star review before you go, or I'll sick Brad Pitt's weak sidekick on you. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek. Newsweek.